0: Wow. Yeah, and I thought I was fat and I couldn't wear a bikini. This was. That's crazy. Thatcher was probably maybe three or four months. Wow. Look at this. Fucking hell. And I thought I was huge.
1: Welcome to All Things to Be with Karen Taylor. I'm here today with my friend Kim Brotheridge. Hi! Welcome. 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 Welcome, welcome Kim. Welcome <laughs> to myself, Kim.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Seriously! <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with you this morning? <laughs>
1: Uh, this is why I have Kim on the podcast um, because she is um, one of my really good friends and she's just a fucking ball of fun. So I have Kim on today um, because I wanted to talk to her a little bit about her background. Um, and we met through Strong Geelong. We were training there when we were little nippers, I feel like. It was a long time ago. Yeah. Hey, yeah. when I actually thought about it the other day, We would have met probably six years ago, I reckon. Yeah. So it was a long time because we were at Strong for four years before they moved. Mm. And then I've been in my place for a year and a half now. What a ride. Yeah, it's been a long time. So really it Mm. was like, I think I was a very different person then um, Mm. when I first met you. And I've been through a lot of stuff since then. And you've been on your own journey, which has been really Mm. cool and obviously so you came into strong geelong from uh you're doing bodybuilding it's a more sort of bodybuilding type of background what?
0: i guess yeah. yeah well i had a coach at the time and i just i wanted to become a bikini model yeah and it's I, usually the way yeah absolutely <laughs> i and i ended up like I'll have to send you through the photos. Yeah, I seriously, when I turned to the side, it was just like completely I'm up odd. and down. i mm. um, like, back. I had no bum. And what and are you?
1: You're five foot eight, aren't
0: you? Yeah, well, so. I was five eleven until I started strongman, and now I'm five eight. So <laughs> that's the yoke. <laughs> you gotta be joking,
1: yeah. so um so you've shrunk in size so so what tell me about so the start though for you was more wanting to be then wanting to be a yeah. bikini model, then it sort of transitioned a little bit into more wanting to do the bodybuilding side of things, yeah. um, which became um, a lot more sort of volume, um, really intense training style. Yeah. Um, that hasn't really changed for you in the sense of <laughs> intensity. <laughs> no, I'm just a
0: very intense person. I think intensity well, is
1: just your, that should be your middle name.
0: I just wake up in the morning. I'm like, it's time to live. Let's go. <laughs> your first college of a change?
1: Kim, Kim Intensity.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there is no, I don't know anyone like There's me. There's no middle ground. No there isn't. No, no. Like I'm all or nothing. But it's I love just... that
1: about you though because that's who you are and you've never faltered from that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, like from when I first met you you've always been the, the same. Like you've always yeah. been kind of very Aware of who you are, and just you, you know that you're not everyone's cup of tea, yeah. and you're quite fine with that. Yeah. And I think that well, that's a really good quality to have. It would be very hard to fake this
0: oh, all mate. the time, like
1: the I energy it
0: would take. Wow, yeah,
1: yeah, you wouldn't have the energy to be this way. No,
0: I <laughs> You'd be using it just to be like that once a week. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but unfortunately, like as soon as if I start work at six, this is how I am at 5 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. Can you just imagine? No, that? I can't. And <laughs> even me getting up this morning, I was like, "No, I'm
1: not getting up. Go get me coffee." <laughs> <laughs> that's,
0: that's okay. Yeah, no, I, it's just
1: different. Like you are, you are one of a kind. I have never met. Um, I've never met anyone with the same energy or the same positivity that you have. So, and yeah, so that's, it's really cool. It's a really good thing. And you've brought that into lots of different areas of your training, but you did go through a period of having kind of body dysmorphia, disordered eating as well at the start. So talk to me a bit about that.
0: Um. When I was a teenager, I did suffer quite a bit with an eating disorder and I tried not to, but clearly it didn't work because magazines back then, before the interwebs were huge, it was all magazines and it was people mm. like um, Kate Moss and people like that, like just absolute sticks. And because I got bullied a lot for having a big bum and big legs mm. and big lips, I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Yeah, there's something wrong to, with me. Yeah, I've got to do something. So then mm. I just I started taking Ford pills Oh, and like yes. ford pills for anyone that doesn't know it's a laxative
1: isn't yeah it? it's yeah.
0: a laxative so yeah. if i couldn't purge it i'd poop it yeah like yeah. it was and then i ended up really sick and in hospital with something else because my body just kind of started letting go and shutting down um, a little bit yeah and mm. i ended up in hospital with a bug that i caught and that mm. sort of snapped me out of it a little mm. bit but then when i started my bodybuilding journey my bodybuilding coach had me on i'm five eight And I was at the time probably sixty eight kilo. I don't know. I never really got on the Mm, scales. mm. I was petrified of them. Mm. But I'd be on twelve hundred calories on training days, and mind you, my training days were two hours plus of intensity. There Mm. was like my it was just crazy. And then on my rest days, Mm. I'd still have to do cardio, and I'd be on eight hundred calories a day. And I was that scared to do anything with my family afterwards. Like I didn't want to go for a walk or anything like that because I was so scared of losing the gains. Yeah. yeah, that it was just mental, and that's when I went to Joanne Gregan. Yeah, yeah. And then she um, taught me to lift heavy. Yeah, and it and just that's changed where my it all life. Changed from there. Yeah, yeah.
1: And started getting onto the right nutritionists and things like that as well to make sure you were having the right yeah. amount of food and all of that kind of thing. So mm. yeah, and you said because um, it pretty much consumed like most of your thinking, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. And like yeah. like you say, you couldn't even going for a walk with your, with your husband and your kids was like not even an option because, no, nah, I don't want to do too much cardio yeah. um, outside of what I'm doing because I'm going to lose my muscle gain. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you survived yeah. on 800 calories a day. Oh it was horrible. Yeah. You know
0: what I started watching a lot of though? Yeah. Man versus Food. I binge watched oh, yeah. it because yeah. for some reason I just had a, like there was just this joy in watching somebody else be a, gluttonous a gluttonous kid at, Yeah, yeah. that just sort of, soothe myself, soul and yeah. now i watch a lot of Eric the electric and yeah. oh my god i just love that That's
1: sort of so interesting you say that because um i cause i've gone through um body dysmorphia i was dysmorphic and how i felt about myself mm. from when i was about 12 years old um and that's the first time when i realized my stepmom had said to me you need to watch out what you're eating because you're starting to get a fat tummy
0: mm-hmm. and
1: i remember just thinking oh my gosh i'm gonna you know, get fat if I don't start watching what I'm eating. So then eating for me became something very disordered from that point. It was something as small as that, that little comment that changed things for me. And then my mum had always been larger and she had said to me um, that my dad had left her because she had gotten fat. Um, and because she was tiny when she when she first met my dad, she was really um, slim, and she had four kids. So lo and behold, she put some weight yeah.
0: on. You know, I think um, when you put those insecurities though, it only takes just exacerbates one person them. to say one of the one tiniest point. little yeah. things. Like yeah. it could be just like. You know, they could be mucking around and call yeah. you a fatty or something. Yeah. Or they could just come up and grab and you grab, somewhere. Yeah, something. Yeah. And it could be just something yeah. so simple.
1: But it's it such just, a huge effect on yeah. you. Yeah. And I think, um, well, the other thing that sort of confirmed it for me was when my dad, when I got older, my dad had said... Um, I left your mum because she let herself go. And so it just confirmed it to me as well that, you know, being bigger or letting yourself go or having bad mental health or, you know, any of those things meant that you weren't loved anymore. So being less than
0: perfect, being
1: less than perfect,
0: pretty much like,
1: and what is perfection? What even is perfect? Who knows? I think being perfect, honestly, is just being completely okay within yourself and who you are. I think that that is a level of perfection that is beautiful um, perfect is different on every single person. There is no real perfection. Um, it's like being just knowing who you are and knowing that it's okay to be who you are is a level of sort of perfection that I would like people to aspire to rather than the level of perfection that people say you need to look like this or do this or be this way. It's more about actually like finding who you are and loving that and being exactly how you are. And it's, yeah. And it's been
0: hard because I'm a fucking lot. Like I really am a lot. And you would have had to quiet
1: yourself down a little bit. I'm sure like in, you know, having people say things like that to you just about your body, but then also I can imagine that being the the cat the person that you are um the personality that you are that a lot of people would you
0: would second guess yourself sometimes as well as I use up. look it's hard because I just always reverted back to who I was yeah like I couldn't help it <laughs> I was always the douchebag that would get my friends up at 8 30 in the morning because I'd bound out of bed even yeah. as a teenager yeah, like yeah. I'd bound out of bed and I'd up oh, brush my teeth i wouldn't have breakfast because who eats breakfast when they're a teenager yeah then i'd be the first one over to open my friend's house and it could be mm. you know they they'd want to sleep until 11 or whatever and then i would just stay up to the wee hours of the morning yeah. with them i
1: just yeah.
0: i've always had that much energy that mm. i can't you can't regulate no. that no, no i can't no. be anything other than no. this because i yeah. and i've tried in the past, like people are like, you just need to calm when you're training. This and that, and this and that. Mm. You can't, mm. you can't be this. You can't be that. I'm white. Like, you don't I, know how try. to be. Yeah, yeah and I that's can't. what I mean
1: though, because it's like we try, because we still try and fit into this bubble of like, you know, you need to be a bit calmer, or you need to be a little bit more this or that. And we're like, oh, okay, yes, 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 sir uh i will try and you know be a bit less myself yeah um and but then it always comes back doesn't it it's like banging at the door like let me out i am this person let me the fuck out because i can't
0: i actually love who i am i love who you are too because i have i know like when i love and i care like it is with all of me it's 120 like yeah it's none of this sort of you know 40 here and 20 there. Yeah. It's like I put as much as I can into absolutely everything, everything. and mm. like I'm I'm human. I fuck up from time oh, to time. Yeah. You and I have had that issue before where I fucked up. I done fucked up <laughs> Done, done, <laughs> done, done <laughs> fucked up. and then yeah. you know you came to me we sorted it out yeah and yeah. we moved on yeah and i I'll, i'm gonna yeah. touch on that because
1: um so kim and i um as as i said we've been we've known each other for a long time um I think once you get past that sort of like five year mark, it starts. That's just you know, it's pretty much it, right? Like, yeah. You <laughs> Yeah. Hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think um, one of the things that I've learned um, is, for, especially for myself, is rather than when you hear something about yourself, um, that rather than letting yourself implode and. You know, going the whole fucking hog and just getting like really upset about it. It's actually just like it's so much easier and so much better to just go to the person straight away as uncomfortable as it might be and say, hey, this is what I've heard. Can we have a chat about it? Because I'm not upset with you. I'm not upset that you, that, that, because I don't even know for sure if that's even the conversation that happened Mm -hmm. and so much can get twisted in like Chinese whispers. And that's just one thing as I've got older that I've realized is, you know, it is important to, um just approach those awkward situations as uncomfortable and awkward as they are, approach mm-hmm. them as soon as you can, well, because otherwise it, can fester, it festers and, and we cleared it up straight away. It was, so, yeah. it wasn't even that really no. big a deal, but it was just the Oops. fact of how we went about it. Um, and I think that was, you said something that I sort of taught you in that time was just to be a little bit more careful about, you know, what, what we're saying. It's not, it's not so much about who we're saying things to. It's just more about, what we're saying and how easily that can kind of get twisted. But if it does, if things like that happen, you go to the person and just clear it up.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well, just sort of off the trail a little bit, but still keeping with this, there was a girl that I was so upset at the time that I didn't get into the... This is when I had a fucked neck Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh, I just, you know, I wanted it so bad. Mm. And I became really resentful. Mm. And I started talking shit about this one girl and it was just ridiculous mm. and there was no need for it. But I was mm. on the painkillers that, were pain on, yeah. that I, what I were on was incredible. Mm. It was a ride. Mm. Like mm. I've never fallen asleep getting my... um lashes done or anything yeah. like that and i was passing out here and there i shouldn't oh, have been driving wow, like i was um no. oh what are they called Lyri- i was on lyrica panadine fort and Endone all at the same like jesus it was, um, and i was still trying to train through it and i became that resentful and that horrible and i'd actually saw her a year later and i apologized to her mm. and i'm like i'm sorry that's not me i, yeah. I am so yeah. sorry and yeah, yeah i fronted up because I'm like,
1: it's not I think we can all get caught into that cycle a little bit too, Um, especially so for me going into like with um, gossip and things like that, I was talking um, with my friend about it the other day and I said, it's interesting because um, back when I was younger, I used to get caught up in a lot of gossip situations and because I was a bit of an outcast at school and I was picked on, it was like if somebody came to me to tell me something about someone else, that was me being accepted. Do you know what I mean? So it's almost a level of acceptance that this person has come to me to talk to me about this. Whether it was them just getting it off their chest, and they would have talked to anyone about it because of how
0: insecure I was, I was like, "This is acceptance to me." Do you know that there's still people at our age that do that? I
1: know, and it's fucking horrible. But that's where, like, for me growing up and just being becoming more self-aware, I've realized that I don't need to. I'm allowed to put a stop sign up and say, "I don't really want to talk about this. I don't need to get involved in this conversation." Thank you for sharing, but the other flip side is, you know, I feel like I do have a face where people are just like, you know, I've got like a face, there's like a sign on it that says, please tell me everything about people that I really don't want to know. (laughs)
0: Um, Share that face. Yeah,
1: and I'm just like, why are you telling me this? But when I was younger, I would have that information and not know what to do with it and then share it with someone else and then often it would go in a circle and it would come back that I'd said something and it completely different. Yeah. And then you ending up you end up having to clean up the mess that you've made. And I just I got sick and tired of having to yeah. clean up a mess that I had made where I was like, it's so much easier. And it's actually so much easier to just be quiet and
0: not say anything um then yeah. to engage you know well especially now that we know that the damage that can be done when somebody yes. comes to you and tells you something confidential. yeah confident oh, <laughs> l- 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 <laughs> confidentially it should be kept that way yeah. like i mean they've come to you because they trust you yeah and it should be kept with you mm. and it's not gossip and it no, shouldn't be like no. that and i think as you evolve as a human yeah you should probably Shut the fuck up. Yeah. We learn as
1: we go too, hey, because like there's, I mean, I'm definitely guilty of it in the past, 100%. Like I was, it was a real acceptance thing for me. It was me feeling like... Um, having that conversation if i didn't engage in that conversation that i wouldn't be liked whereas now i'm like i don't give a fuck like i don't care if you don't like me if you don't like me because i don't want to engage in your gossip about somebody else that's not my fucking problem like
0: at school i used to call myself dr feelgood remember dr feelgood yeah yeah (laughs) people would just come to me with their problems and issues like and they just offload it on you and then do i look like Enough to <laughs> deal with this, but from like from a young age, Same. that's just. Yes. I think that's why I have chose the career. Well, part of the reason why mm. I chose the career path mm. that I've chosen because I've been doing it my whole entire life. Yeah. Like I'm I think I actually think though that um, personally, I think given your upbringing,
1: um, you had to grow up really fast, and oh, yeah. so I think a lot of people like because I had to grow up really fast and. Yeah, I was like the more mature one, but I didn't have the maturity still to deal with that kind of responsibility. Yeah. So it's like people would still see me as the mature one. And so come to me and talk to me about things, but I didn't have the maturity then to deal with the information that I was receiving. Mm -hmm. So now it's like being older and and just more aware, I'm more mature with the information given to me. So I am more respectful if somebody says, please don't tell anyone about this. Like if someone is telling me something and literally going, please don't say anything don't fucking say anything that person is like clearly concerned about the fact that this information may get out or whatever they're coming to you in
0: confidentiality don't fucking say anything that's why like it's i so generally important. talk to kyle yeah because i know that he'll just forget everything that i've said yeah, anyway so it doesn't it's matter uh, and with kyle off yeah. okay i do tell a lie there is one person that i do tell everything to but oh yes yep. he yeah. doesn't care that no. much i don't think so he just keeps everything to himself, to himself yeah. because he doesn't like it doesn't would never no. occur for him to say anything anyways no so. and that's um
1: that's yeah i think that definitely just like we learn who we can and can't share with and i think mm-hmm. that's something even brene brown talks about which is um you know having your people so knowing who your people are so if you've got a big life thing knowing who your people are that you can go and share with as opposed yeah. to telling heaps of people and then and then 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 what happens you tell heaps of people and you forget who you've told you forget what information each person knows about things and it's like when you're talking to your three closest friends you know that everything's the same there's no misinterpretation you're still able to get feedback and advice from them but you're not getting 20 people's different opinions yeah and then also having 20 people 20 people know shit about you that you
0: don't want people to know and then it just it becomes Chinese whispers oh, yeah. where one person will add a little bit more and yeah. then a little bit yeah. more. And then instead of being like a little lizard the next minute it's fucking Godzilla. It's like, exactly. It's exactly. Just... And that's why I pulled away like anyone who, you
1: know, is still listening to the podcast that you know <laughs> I used to <laughs> um that I used to have like more interaction with. Like I just had to pull my circle back because I realized that I was spread way too thin. Um, and I realized that I was spread across so many so many social networks and eventually I went you know what these are my closest friends these are the friends who have been with me the longest they're the people who know me the most and they're the ones that I'm going to talk to now in future and I had to make a really conscious effort not to just go and blah 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 because even sometimes it's just something that's exciting you know it might be something that's exciting and a change in your life that's exciting and it's like you want to tell people like oh my god I've met someone it's great but like how many People, was, do you want to tell that seriously. to? It was like fucking pulling teeth. I know the other day. I know. I know. Like, I yeah. literally. So, I have met someone, which is going really well. <laughs> and um, Kim was like, "Oh, so what's going on with you?" You know, and I was like, "Oh, you know, not much." <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, "Oh, I have started seeing someone," and she was like, "Um." She was like, "Oh, who is it? Where, where? You know? How do you know them? Where did you meet them?" And I was like, "Oh, you know."
0: <laughs> yeah, it literally was. Wasn't but honestly, it? like I reckon the text chain would have been. It was massive, at least there. Yeah. Yeah. Because oh. I was like, "I'm not." And I
1: was like, "No, no." And I was like, "It's, it's not so much that I don't want to share it. It's just that I'm like more." Um, I am more private nowadays. Like I'm still on social media. I think you're the same. We had this conversation where, you know, you're still sharing stuff, but you're very private in what you share. You're not sharing things about your marriage, your kids or anything like that. Whereas, yeah, for me, that was a big thing for a long time. Um, and I felt like I wanted to have that information, give that information out there for some, put that information out there for some reason, um, but I think I've drawn it back now, where I'm like I can still deliver the same message without having
0: to implicate my personal life. I think that it's nobody else's business mm. because you know what? No one gives a no, fuck no. about what is happening in your personal life no, anyway. No. So, but, and most of the time, when most of the time when they
1: do, it's more because. It's something to talk about, yeah. And I don't want to be at the forefront of people's like talk about list. No, you know, I'd rather just be
0: cruising in the background doing yeah. my thing. Like seriously, um, like if I've got an issue in my marriage or an issue with one of my kids mm. or something like that, the universe does not want to know. No, like those that are very very close to me. Yeah, and I say this if they're lucky enough. Because there's very, yeah. very, very few, few people I talk like. Yeah. I mean, probably two people yeah. that I will talk to yeah. about absolutely anything, and yeah. it's because of people gossiping yeah. and shit like that. Yeah. Over the yeah. years, it's just kind of
1: broken you, me. But you realise who you can and can't trust. Like mm. I know there's things that I've said, and then that that information has just never left that person, and yeah. they're like a vault. And yeah. I just know that I can go to them with anything, and know that whatever I've shared is in a, is then in a vault, you know. And and I still check in now, like boundaries. I've learned a lot about boundaries too to you know even ask like are you in a good space for me to share this with you so rather than just going straight in and being like blah 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 blah, yeah uh, i can say you know i need to offload like are you in a good space for me to share this with you and oftentimes like most of my friends will be like yeah shoot you know or they'll be like i'm actually just at the hairdressers at the moment or i'm just here so send message me but if i don't reply
0: that's why i think it's also just just create so much more trust in that i think too and making sure that they're in a good headspace as well because yeah. they could be going through their own shit. Yeah. And because they care so deeply for you, That's when you spew your stuff mm. out, that just adds to, to theirs. theirs. So yeah. it's just it's Respect. really nice way of going about it to yeah. ensure that all parties are feeling okay Absolutely. and good about it. Yeah. Like with one of them, with one of my confidential dudes, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, I'll like I'll always ask, hey, yeah. do you mind? Yeah, yep, yeah yeah
1: and then that's just such a respect thing like it's so respectful to ask somebody if they're in an okay space for you to share your Mm. stuff with them like you say because not everyone is in the best space and most people won't say um if you start sharing most people won't stop you so if you can say hey and and then that yeah like my one day my friend she was like i'm just actually running around i've got an appointment at the doctors and then i and so she was like shoot But, like, if I don't reply, that's why as well. So it was kind of nice because sometimes, you know, especially when you've got anxiety, if you send a message and then you don't hear back, it's like, oh, my God, I've shared too much, I shouldn't have said anything. And then we go into a shame spiral, which is just as bad, you know, anyway. Yeah. I
0: sometimes delete messages once they're sent. I'll be like, if I don't get a... a response life, yeah i'll actually delete the message because so i'm like, like oh i shouldn't
1: mm, have yeah. said yeah yeah no see what it see <laughs> start trying that because um that, those are things that i've learned um over time like with special with brene brown um definite like that her book really helped me a lot mm-hmm. um and so did um set boundaries and find oh, peace do you listen to a podcast I haven't actually listened to funny enough, I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't actually, do you know what? I'm very obsessed with Girls Gotta Eat. And um and I do listen to um, I like listening to podcasts where she's on them with like other podcasts that I've listened to. So um yeah, it's I tend to kind of gravitate in to other podcasts yep. infrequently. Um, girls gotta eat I just love yeah. I watch that all the time and I watch women of impact on YouTube as well because and I like love her she's just have you seen Women of Impact? Oh my God, it's so amazing. She's fucking great. She's a Greek chick and she's just awesome. Um, but she's had some amazing people on her um, on her show, and yeah, that's been something that I've followed as well, especially since I've got more into YouTube. So yeah, I but love Renee Brown, I listened to I listened to her podcast that she did with Oprah Winfrey. Yeah, so, that's so it was like a two part. Play. I think it was a two part, wasn't it? Yeah, and it um,
0: was fucking awesome. And uh, they had a doctor from over in australia as well yeah 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 so that was really really interesting yeah. mind you i've only listened to the first 15 minutes because i listened to it Honestly, in between yeah, that one i listened to the whole thing because i was yeah. in a place at that time
1: where i really had no like awareness of like where i was and wasn't setting any sort of safety boundaries for myself and i think when we talk about like self-care and stuff so obviously you've gone into um disability support work. So you've just d- finished your diploma uh, yeah. last year? This no, year? No,
0: well this year because I was supposed to finish last, earlier, but that's right, COVID. COVID. Yes, no.
1: oh, I love COVID. <laughs> yeah, um, But still getting things done, so that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, but you've gone into disability support work mm-hmm. um, and you've got your diploma in community service. Yes. Yes. So with like what we're talking about, obviously there's a huge level of like self-care and in this day and age, I think, um, you know, we get these buzzwords and suddenly we get this buzzword and it's like, this is a, you know, it's a buzz thing. So I need to like hashtag self-care, you know? (laughs) And it's like, I don't actually think a lot of people really understand the level of like what self-care is and how it, how intrinsically like, um, comes into setting boundaries. So I think like self-care can be like, yes, run yourself a bath, Yes, put some nice music on. Yes, put an incense stick on. Those things are all lovely things, make you feel yeah. nice. But if you're putting an incense incense stick on, and you've still got a toxic boyfriend,
0: or if you put an in, if you're in the bath and you've got your phone on and you're still doing work, work, and you're still and scrolling yeah, or and, still and yeah. thinking about you know specific people in your life or mm. work or anything like that mm. in that time where you need to just hmm yeah and that becomes quite toxic and that's not self-care like about social media
1: that's actually they um, in um nedra tower's book nedra talks about social media boundaries so she's got like five kind of tiers of boundary setting so it's like family uh, relationships social media so social media is actually one of her topics that she talks about is that a lot of us don't have any social media boundaries yeah yeah So it's like that. You can be doing all the self-care things, but you're still scrolling on your phone while you're doing them all. You're not actually getting any space
0: for yourself. See, my issue with that is my brain, it it is just Mm. constant. Mm, mm. Like I just, I don't have an off switch. Mm. I don't, I still haven't found that off switch. And I really don't think I ever will. Like everyone's, everyone tells me that I need to find it. Mm. But do I? I don't think you need to find an off
1: switch. Necessarily as much as like you, like you have already started to set boundaries in a sense because you were telling me that you're not as you're not posting as much anymore and you're not putting, um, you know, as much on your social media, I guess. So, I guess, in a sense, that that is still where you've realized like I don't need to invest all of this time into Mm. this thing, like I can invest it into other things, or you know, you can still be on your phone, but investing your time in your phone a little bit differently so Mm. one thing that i saw was it's not about um like social media is not the bad guy it's how we use social media sometimes so it's like how can you use your platform to get better information so follow pages that actually give you give you something more rather than pages that take away
0: from you there's three things on my instagram Mm. that i follow dogs strong man and powerlifting and food. Yeah. And that is my That's entire yeah. news feed. It's yeah. not dramatic. It's not this. It's not that. Yeah. I've unfollowed all of the hashtags mm. that just piss me off. Mm. Like, um, I don't want to be a fitness model. I don't want to no. be a bikini model. I don't want to see that stuff. No. Because I, it's sometimes a trigger. Yeah. for That's a boundary. Yes. Yeah, so That's it's a boundary
1: for you. You've set a self-boundary that, yeah. like, I know that when I see – fitness models that that's going to trigger me to think maybe I do need to look like that Mm -hmm. maybe I am not enough if I don't look like such and such and such or whatever the trigger might be that would be the personal trigger for me yeah but um I think that that is a boundary that's still a boundary that you've set. And I had to do that too. I had to go through and unfollow heaps of pages because they were just making me feel like shit. And I just felt like I wasn't good enough. I felt like I wasn't strong enough. Like I felt like my business wasn't good enough. And I had to just make a point, even if I haven't unfollowed, I would have muted pages because they just don't make me feel good. And that is a step towards self-care
0: in itself. And also I think there's a hide. Yeah. You can hide it. Yeah, Anyone that... Is making triggering a response, and I can't figure it out. Mm. Figure out why these people do trigger such a response to mm. me. But if mm. I, if they make me feel less than, it's, and I know I that I still need to be around them because of specific mm. social mm. hierarchies and mm. places mm. that I hang out. Mm. I'll just hide them. Hide them.
1: That's what I. And I actually was talking to. Um, so I went to my friend <laughs> the other day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so I was talking to him the other day and um, I actually said because he said, Oh, did you see that thing on Tyson's story? And I was like, nah. And he's like, ah. Oh. I was like, I don't watch stories. And he was like, What do you mean you don't watch stories? It's oh, my favourite. And I was like, I don't watch stories because stories was a huge trigger for me yeah. at one point. And I just stopped watching them, all of them. I only watch Mel's. And even when I tell her that, she's like, I don't think she believes me. But I'm like, I literally only watch your story. Like you're the only person that I'll ever click on because I know it's safe. And I know that that sounds ridiculous. But no. for me, it's about creating safety. And if I have, the thing is when I, if I see something that piques my anxiety, that potentially can lead me into a panic attack. So if I can avoid having panic attacks more, mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. So there's nothing personal about me not watching a person's story. And if someone yeah. has even taken offense the fact that I don't, watch their story or like their posts I really don't watch stories and I often don't like posts because yeah. I'm I'm often you are actually the Tyson Morrissey yeah the female version I am of the Tyson female Tyson Morrissey. Morrissey yeah um and yeah I just don't and I know that there are people who are probably actually I know for a fact that there are people who thought that I had uh had beef with them or something because I wasn't <laughs> liking their posts or wasn't watching their <laughs> stories and I was like, it's actually not a you thing. It's a 100% a me thing. And it's 100% a take care of me thing because I have got severe anxiety. And so when it spikes, I can live most of my days without feeling it. But if something triggers me that can send me off the road and I don't like that feeling, it's so exhausting. And then I spend the next day fucking exhausted and it's mm-hmm. just not worth it for me. So it's like the, the less that I can be triggered, the better. So yeah. I don't know what's behind that little fucking circle. And I'm oh like, God, yeah. that's the thing. But I'm like, I don't know what's behind the circle.
0: It's like a little like, it's like, oh, is it going to be a good thing? Or is, is it going to be a trigger I thing? It's also with that, it's such a highlight reel of yeah. people's best. My stories are not a highlight reel. There oh, are yours? I'm fucking bored. So I need yeah. to do something yeah. real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: like, Yeah, and but that's the thing, like even yours isn't, it's not even so much yours. It was just the fact that there was enough of it. It's like, it's like that dating show where they come out from behind the thing. That's like, oh, this is the person that you chose, you know, and it's like, you don't know what you're getting. So it's like, for me, I'm just like, I don't know what I'm getting when I click on that little circle. Life is like a box
0: of chocolates. Chocolates.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't know what's going to be there. And, And that's for me is enough for me to have gone. I recognize that as something that was not helpful for me. So whether it's yours or somebody else's whatever, Yeah. I know when I look at Mel's it's gonna be like a meme or the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, and that for me is like I know that it's safe. It's like watching the same movie. So the other night um we watched and we watched a zombie movie, that new zombie movie on Netflix. Okay. Oh my fucking god. I like had the worst <laughs> fucking anxiety the I whole don't mean time. To laugh. No, I had the worst anxiety the whole time because of something I didn't know. I didn't know what the outcome was. There was so much like gore and stuff as well, which is like fine. Um I don't care about that stuff.
0: I love true crime. But I would rather watch a true crime than watch a zombie movie, which there's is so is, weird. There's actually a study. I I can't remember who did it, but there's actually a study surrounding People watching the, the same, same thing, thing over and over because it's, it's quite comforting. You know what's yes. happening. You know, like you that's don't why have I watched, to really zone in. Or... That's why
1: people laugh at me that I'm so into Friends. I was like, I watched all 10 series of Friends, like literally from start to finish, start to finish, start to finish, like five or six times when I was younger. Because And I didn't know why I was doing that. But now it's I hard. know that it was because it was a comfort thing for me because I don't want to start something else and not know hmm. it's it actually is a thing for me, not, not knowing. And even hmm. when I just talked about the zombie movie, I felt my anxiety like <laughs> three up in my stomach yeah. because it was so scary and I even said to my friend <laughs> I was like put your hand on my, I was like feel my heart oh that's not why you said to put your hand I know, on. No, like, I was like, Titter! Titter! I was like yeah. <laughs> grab my boob <laughs> um no but like I was literally like I was like feel my heart and he like he was like oh my god and it was literally like in my chest because I was like, I didn't know what was coming. And these zombies are like fucked up zombies too. They were like smart zombies. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. So it was like watching like, a, like someone from the exorcist. That was a zombie and they, oh my God, it was actually so creepy. And you know, the way that they move and everything. And I was like, oh my God, my anxiety right now is just peeking through
0: the roof. I'm imagining um, like eyeballs hanging down. and No, like they didn't have like
1: eyeballs. They were like, you know, in the exorcist where yeah. the, um, that chick, like, and the she's girl. Yeah, the girl. And she's like just all teeth and eyes, you know, like, and it was just so fucking scary. And then the main guy, the main zombie guy was like that too, but they were like, faster and more smart than like normal zombies so there was like the hierarchy of zombies and then like the lowerarchy of zombies and it was so (laughs) crazy and i was like it's so (laughs) it was really good how they'd done it and i actually was like this is really smart the way that they've done it but it was like fucking like i didn't know what was going on i didn't know if these people were going to get out of the thing and i was just like (laughs) fuck me Yeah, so we have kind of just talked um, a bit. So uh, just let you know that Kim and I actually recorded an episode, (laughs) (laughs) which is why we're just kind of flowing through the motions. I haven't really asked her much in the way of questions because we already knew what we were going to talk about um, based (laughs) on the fact that we did this already for an hour and a half. And the sound quality was just not what I was happy with. No. Um, So I asked her if she would come back. So she yeah obliged oh. <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows how much I love a good chat <laughs> so um yeah so there's sort of things that we already knew that we wanted to um cover and so that we can't we're kind of just doing that
0: without we're it's, just having a chat It's nice just yeah. it's a nice flow maybe if we ever do this again we have to fuck the first one fuck up the first one up and then go again this is just nice I still reckon like
1: even yeah there's been a couple um where I've been like more so myself in the early stages of recording where I'm like fuck I'd love to do those ones again now because I'm so much more Comfortable, yeah. Um, as well in front of the mic and like just talking and not, yeah, fucking. It's nice feeling like I, yeah. Just uh, there was a lot more nerves. I was so much more nervous before when I used to interview people. So I'd love to redo a few of them. So we're pretty, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Good. Um, Um, I want to quickly go back. Um, there's something. So, and I feel like it's such a prevalent thing as well. um, Was talking about um, eating disorders and body image. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like that's something that I really want to touch back on because um, it's very prevalent in society these days as well, especially in young girls. Um, And I think that it's something that um, isn't recognized. um, It isn't sort of picked up on or recognized um, early enough a lot of the time and it often has you know it's got its it's consequences and and it definitely is just such a debilitating thing where i know for myself i was about 80% food thought mm-hmm. um 80% body thought so it was it was very much like my my focus in my mind most days was around body and food and obviously not wanting to eat for the sake of wanting to be thin yeah uh, and then if i did eat it was binging because it was eating the things that I had been depriving myself of.
0: Oh, I remember all of this.
1: Yeah. And just depriving myself of all of, of everything. And so because I deprived myself, I just wanted it so much more. Um, and then I would binge on it. So I would go to the shops and I would buy those little coconut blocks um, from Woolworths and just the little ones. But I would get five thinking like, I'll get five, you know, and I'll eat one. And I would eat all five, like a, like yeah. a fucking ravenous, like I wouldn't even stop for a breath. They yeah. would literally be like, like a cartoon. Like,
0: <laughs> and this I, is not a funny matter. But no, it's, it's funny. No, it is, it's
1: it's funny when yeah. you think about because Kim can like, like we laugh because we've been there, and it's not a laughing at the situation. I always say that I'm like, uh, it's you laugh at how insane sometimes you have you've got because in mm-hmm. that time. I honestly didn't ever think that I was going to be able to break free from binging and purging because I was so in it. Yeah. And even after every purge, I would promise myself that I wouldn't purge again. And then I would find myself doing it again. And so I would feel like such a piece of shit. Cause I'm like, I can't yeah. stop my, like, I was like, I have no self control. I can't, you know, so every cycle was like, and it was a cycle. You go on a cycle of binge and purge. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, every time I was like, no, I'm not doing this again to myself because you feel disgusting. And like, I started getting, um, really bad sores in my neck as well. Um, like in my throat mm-hmm. and <laughs> yes. my, my, <laughs> my neck in my throat. Um, so I, I was getting really bad sores and I had swollen glands. My ears mm-hmm. were always sore. Um, and I actually wasn't losing any weight, <laughs> yes. which was the funniest part about it is that I wasn't even small. Um, If anything, I was probably holding more weight because I was holding so much more water retention because of the way that I was treating my body. So it was actually
0: such an adverse response to what I thought it was going to be. It's bizarre the way our brains work and... How they think? Oh, look, we'll help you out here. We'll mm. give you this disordered eating or, or disordered thinking, just in hope that it shocks you into a better life, and it doesn't. Yeah. Like, it just you actually destroy yourself, and it's such a peculiar thing. Like, mm. why do humans have to be so destructive? I
1: don't like, know. Why? I really don't know. And I, it's so strange too to me because um I I grew up with a cousin who had anorexia, and um. It's actually so... It was so devastating to me when we lost her because mm. um, I was 13 and she was 18 at the time and we just moved to the UK and uh, we got the phone call a few months after we moved that she had actually passed away um, from complications, from the anorexia. Yeah. And it was so interesting to deal with that and process that and I promised myself that I would never think like that or end up with you know, more to honor her life was like, I thought I, I, I don't ever want to end up with an eating disorder um, because I, you know, I want to show that it's okay to be who you are and love who you are and not yeah. let society tell you that you need to be this certain way. Lo and behold, I was 13 at the time and I yeah. just just moved to the UK. And when I finally got into a school over there and suddenly had all of these other issues to deal with as a teenager, yeah. as a woman uh, growing up, Mm -hmm. um and discovering myself and you know getting boobs and bum and all that kind of thing um it was not so easy to do and as Mm. much as I had promised myself that I wouldn't go down um that path like I suddenly was in that and I, I was from the age of 12 till I was 30 yeah so it was 18 years that I had disordered view yeah. of myself yeah
0: and it's a horrible horrible way to live horrible. as well like- I honestly
1: thought I was never going to get out of it yeah. Never, I thought I would never get out of it I was like and at that point I would sort of tried everything which included just dieting so I tried every diet I tried every single thing that I could possibly do and, and I- in the end um something that actually helped me was Mari my friend Uh, beautiful mari yeah um and she said read this book and it's called the fuck it diet and it basically is like fuck it to diets like it's a big i'm not dieting anymore like i'm just going to live um and i stopped when i went to south africa for the arnold's that was the last competition that i ever dieted for and i i said to myself after that i was like after this comp That's it.
0: I do remember you actually saying that too. Mm, Yeah. And I said, that's
1: it. I'm not dieting anymore. And yeah, like I'm probably bigger than I ever have, not ever have been. Like I'm still like fit and strong and everything. But I'm definitely not in the 65 kilo weight division anymore, which is fine to me. Isn't that what matters though? Yeah. Being fit and strong, healthy, happy. Yeah. I'm still healthy and happy and I still feel great. Like there's some days where I have to catch myself where I'm like, oh, you're getting a bit. And I'm like. Catch yourself. Like the thing with the the thing with the fuck it diet, a lot of people will be like, oh, how can you tell people like just to eat whatever they want? It's not about eating whatever you want. Usually what happens is there's a cycle after you stop dieting where you will eat whatever you want because it's the things that you've been wanting. Yeah. So it was like when I stopped drinking, I didn't drink for seven years. And then when I had my first drink, that night I pretty much had one of everything that I hadn't had <laughs> and like one of everything that I'd kind of like just missed a little bit. So it was like, I had a red wine and then I had a beer and then I had a cider and then I had a espresso martini and they were all the things that if ever I was out, I'd be like, Oh, you know what? Like if anything I could, I would love to just have an espresso martini, but you know, it was like yeah. seven years of sobriety. Like I didn't have any of those things. So, when I did, I was like, oh my God, it was like, I just want to, just want like a little taste. I just want to taste because I've missed all these, you know? So, it was like, just a tip. (laughs) So, it was like that with the food thing as well because I started um, the first probably six months was just a get it out of my system kind of time. And I just ate, and the first, I mean, the first month, I think I ate like two breakfasts every day. I just ate everything. And now, it's about two and a half years on. Um, I, I haven't even eaten one of those fucking Woolworths chocolate blocks. Like I don't yeah. even think about them because I'm like, yeah. I don't need to think because I'm like, if I want to eat it, I can,
0: Yeah, but I don't. Um, I think that's where strength sports can also fuck you up as well because mm. like I'm the 73 kilo class. I'm tall. Yeah. I'm long and I'm, I'm somewhat muscular. hmm so for me to somewhat. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm no fucking Phil Heath masculine, but you know. And for me to get down to seventy three kilo now, like yeah. she's a fair it's f- a shit fight, but I'm still yeah. too small for the eighty twos. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm. just that I'm at that in between point. At one stage I'm I said to a few people, I like, wonder if I can get down to the eighty um to the sixty fours. I remember no, like, you telling me that, and I was just looking at you like
1: <laughs> there would be nothing. I think I actually said there would be nothing left of you. I would actually. I was have to genuinely lose concerned. Muscle. Like, if yeah. I was like, "Don't do that. Uh, you Maybe know, don't do that." Like, if you did do it, I would like you know do it for do it do it for you. If that's something like I would always say, do it for you. But I was. I remember you telling me, and I was just like, I looked at you at the time because i was like, you pretty much just lean anyway. <laughs> I'm like, you don't really have much to lose and <gasps> yeah. what, what are you going to look I was just more like what would you look like you'd look like, <laughs> you would look like, like I
0: a would, zombie yeah you would be the zombie from that movie I'd the other like, night I'd have anxiety <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be all gone <laughs> and I'd be walking up to the deadlift bar and I'd be like yeah uh, a little bit of wind and I'd pick mean, up and that'd be it I'd die I mean I do believe that there's ways
1: in which we can do these things especially for competing and stuff that are healthy um, but I just personally for me now, I'm just so much more like comfortable in my skin where I'm at. Yeah. And the fact that I can, you know, like have pizza with my boyfriend, like yeah. I just want to... Like with my boyfriend? I know. You <laughs> should have seen <laughs> her face, but it was the cutest. <laughs> um, but like having pizza and like having like, you know, if he like brought me Maccas and coffee this morning, it's like I... Don't want to be like, um, oh yeah, I'll just, you know, and then like not eat it and just be like, throw it at Do you know what I mean? I'm like, imagine if I just turned around and was like, no thanks. (laughs) I'm going to just make some egg whites. (laughs) Um, and I just feel like, what I was like, I just want to be able to live. Like, I just want to be able to live and like, just go with the flow a lot of the time and not have to stress about
0: those things. (gasps) It's funny, you know, like all the mother's days. pasts I've had to ask Kyle how he cooked this and how mm-hmm. he did that and mm-hmm. how he weighed this and this is exactly how much of that I need and yeah. like where at the moment even though I need to to cut weight I'm just trying not to be that anal like it's no. my fucking like birthday on Sunday and you know what if I'm gonna have a burger fuck yeah, you like that. and you're
1: not gonna yeah that's the thing like you I honestly think the more we stress about those little things, the more it actually aids in not losing the weight too. Yeah. So it's like, like the more you stress you're just it, like, oh my god, I ate that cake. I remember I went to a wedding once and I was the same. I was like, Oh, I'm not gonna have anything, I'm not gonna have anything, and they had a fucking spit roast.
0: <laughs> oh That's not, what I did. yeah, not not one <laughs> not one of those spit roasts.
1: The food the oh. food the food spit roast. That's so funny. <laughs> Is that not the most disappointing? I know, I know. know. (laughs) Imagine like going to a wedding and being like, "Hey, we've got spit roast on our yeah." He dressed Chucky keys into here. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so they had. um, Oh my god, it was amazing, and it was all like so. For any non-meat eaters, I do apologize, but um, they had um, like their own. They'd actually reared their own like lambs. Yeah, I feel bad saying it, but um, so they had reared their own. Animals for the spit roast. So it was like, and they were amazing farmers too. So they're right out in the bush in like, whoop, whoop, New South Wales. Yeah. And they'd, um, yeah, done everything themselves. So the meat was phenomenal. Like it yeah. was actually phenomenal. And I'm like, oh no, I'm not going to have anything. I'm not going to have anything. And then eventually I was like, no, I'm going to have it. And I ate so much, not just of the meat. They then brought out like a platter of like mini desserts and they were all like little mini all different ones, like caramel sauce. I'm a caramel slice. i must try
0: one of everything. And I literally,
1: <laughs> I reckon I had like nine little things on my thing and I ate them all. I felt so sick. I had to make myself sick. Not because I was purging, but because I was had eaten so much yep. because I'd restricted so much and then spent the next day not eating and only drinking water.
0: Yep. And it's just like... I, I'm a binge drinker as well. Like yeah, I'm oh not. No. Gonna, I'm not gonna fucking lie. No. Like my I grand
1: fucking beer, man. Oh, like, so good. My
0: grandfather, he um, when he passed away, with he, at his funeral, I hadn't drank for like I reckon it'd be a good two years. Yeah, I got fucking white girl yeah. wasted yeah. so yeah. hard. Like, I just went one after another, after another. They were cruises, of course. Yeah. So they oh, yeah. were, like, fucking <laughs> And before I knew it, like, I went from sober to just fucking inebriated. Yeah. There was no in-between because no. I just knocked him back that far. You know what I did for the rest of the night? Just hugged the toilet bowl? Uh, yeah, between shitting my, like, almost shitting myself yeah. and spewing and yeah. then passing out yeah. in the shower yeah. for, like, four hours mm. and waking myself up and, like... There was condensation coming off the roof and everything because I was just that wasted. Uh, yeah. And it was in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. So Jeez. the travel home the next day, I'm like, oh,
1: just why did I, that? I felt like that too because I was in the middle of buttfuck nowhere Yeah, and then I had to come back. But I had like a food hangover. And yeah. just from being oh. sick and everything. And it's and, awful too. And you know the other thing? The I, much-muchness. Yeah. And I just thought too, the other thing was the stress. So when you're like, um, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but the stress of like being a binge, uh, like a, a – the stress of having bulimia nervosa, let's talk about it in its correct context. Um, the stress of having it is actually sometimes so, um, so bad on your system because if you're somewhere where you do overeat and then you can't purge – I would find that so much more stressful because I'm like I can't get away from it, and then I just know that I'm absorbing all the yeah. extra calories. I know, and I it just mentally like would absolutely fuck me. And there were times when I would try and go and purge, and, and this sounds so fucked, guys, but this is like a legit, you know, this is legit what happens um, for people in this situation, and that's why it just needs, you know, it just needs a little bit more understanding. Um, as well for when people are experiencing this, because it's easy to say like that's ridiculous, just don't do it. But yeah. like your brain is not well. It's not why it's not it's well. Same no, as someone
0: else's. No, like, it's it's easy to say. It's like saying to a smoker, well, just give up cigarettes. Yeah, exactly. Or saying to a heroin addict, look, make that your last pick. Yeah, that's like it. It. It's, it's not. Just, just, it's not. It as, no, like, it doesn't.
1: And it really is, it's a control, I think a a big Mm -hmm. control thing and trying to control, you know, a part of your life that maybe you feel like, you know, that's where you feel like you're controlling it, but it's actually making you more out of control. But I would be out of control. Like I would be, at, you know, at a friend's house or something and I'd be like trying to silently make myself sick in the bathroom and then trying to like cover up the smell and whatever. It was just crazy. And like I think that that's actually – probably what got me some help. So I was going to say with regards to so like getting help. Um, I actually did make myself sick at one of my friend's houses once and I reckon she could smell it. And funnily enough, you know, maybe like a month later or something, she said to me, oh, and um, there's this talk that the Geelong council are putting on, you know, it's at, um, it was at the art center. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. Went along. And it was about eating disorders that's
0: really really cluey and really wonderful yeah your friend, and like, then seriously? I sat there
1: and I literally sat in this thing and I like bawled my eyes out because I was like this is me and it was the first time that I actually admitted to myself that I had bulimia nervosa because up until that point I was like no I've, I've, I've got this it's gonna stop at some point I'm in control <laughs> yeah. eventually it'll stop I, I'm okay like I'm okay and then after that, so it was run by Headspace and that's how I got onto Headspace. They're a wonderful, mm.
0: wonderful place. Yeah. So
1: that's how I got onto Headspace, which is why I used Headspace um, as that as the charity for that event that I ran because mm-hmm. um, it was huge to me because they got me into cognitive behavioral therapy um, and got me onto various different organizations that could help with that as well. So um, yeah, just I think it's just such a, such a crazy thing that we do to ourselves. Like you say, it's that self-destruction. Although we think at the time that it's actually us being in control, it's actually so self-destructive and so unhealthy. Um, and to think like now to be free of it, I honestly just never thought that I would be
0: like, I never thought I would be. I genuinely don't think I ever will be. Mm. I think that's just, It is the control freak nature. Like Mm. for such a free spirit, Mm, mm. I am the biggest fucking control freak. Like with my programming, things that I control, Mm. I control Mm. really, really, Mm. really well because Mm. everything else in my life is chaotic. Like Mm. everything, Mm. my work life. Is chaotic, home life is chaotic, mm. everything else. But I can control my These training, factors. I can control my food, yeah. and like it's just mm. such a control thing because everything else in my life has always been mm. so manic and so out of fucking control mm. that yeah. I think I just adapted to that. Yeah. And it did, yeah. it was the only thing that I could yeah. be 100% yeah. in control of. Yeah, so weird.
1: It is really crazy. But I wouldn't... You wouldn't say... Would you say now that you're in control of it in a healthy way or in an in a unhealthy way?
0: Currently, right now, I'm good.
1: Yeah. Um, you've got a really good nutritionist now, too. See, with Steph Eggleton. Yeah. 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 Beautiful
0: Steph. Oh, my God. She's like a fucking warm hug, Kez. Like, oh. you don't even have to be hugged by her just to be in her presence. is just like... She's just lovely. She's, just she's beautiful. beautiful. She's a beautiful yeah. soul.
1: Yeah. Um, and she's doing your nutrition now. Yeah. So, for anyone who is interested, it's
0: sugar and salt. Salt and sugar. Salt and sugar. Um, salt and sugar. Look, see, Steph will give me things that I enjoy. Like, for lunch today, I had... Brecki, I only eat brekkie twice a week mm. because I am doing IF intimate. Intermittent oh, intermittent fasting. fasting. Yeah. Because I enjoy it, but mm. I'll only have those two brekkie meals on days where things are heavy, like deadlifts uh-huh. yeah. or for yolk. Like if I've got a big strong man day, something mm. like that. Mm. Because I don't I I don't need it. Mm. I'm not hungry. Mm. Um I've got this week I've got a um I've got jacket potatoes with, like, pulled pork and all mm. sorts. Oh, my God, mm. seriously, it's amazing. Mm. And then for snacks I've got, because I love protein bars, so protein bars, protein yogurt. Then I'll have dessert and I've got some lollies thrown in mm. there and, mm. like, I've got some Oreos and my dinner is my dinnerly that I eat mm. every single night mm. anyway. Mm. And I just send her through the calories from my dinnerly that week and then she just does organises mm. everything for me. But mm. she gives me those bits and pieces so I don't feel like, you're not missing out on stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I I think it's a fear of being hungry as well mm. at, all at the same time. It's mm. such a peculiar thing. And because I'm doing IF, yeah. I'm constantly full. Yeah. Like, I'm never hungry. No. And I find it difficult to get everything in mm. at the moment. All that, mm. she nurtured me through a really, really rough time with mm. food. Like, for the last three months, I feel so... I take my hat off to you. Mm. I am... Um, She's had to get me through this whole mental thing mm. where I couldn't diet because I just I was just smashing the whole all of the food all of mm. the time and it didn't matter what she did and what she said. So she was just super supportive mm. and she's like, you know what? It doesn't matter because next week's a new week. Like mm. she didn't put that pressure on me like other people would say, No, you've got to do this, you've gotta do that, you've yeah. gotta have it done. Yeah. And yeah, I've worked with people like that before. Mm. Do you know one of my nutritionists? If he knew that I'd gone out and had a burger with my family, even if it would fit in with what I was supposed mm. to have, like mm. I'd skip something just to fit it, he would grab my fat extra hard when he was doing my um the calipers. The, the calipers and yeah. make me fatter than what I actually was and things like that. And so yes. it was and it was really difficult. Definitely
1: does have a hold on us in certain ways I think being aware of it though is the main thing too and that like if you're not as I've said you know if you're not harming anybody and you're not harming yourself that's the most important thing you know mm. if it was still a part of you that was struggling in that sense of still purging or that's obviously yeah. where yeah you, you've got to, you've got to, like you can't be making yourself sick to make yourself do you know what I mean like you, you can't be like, that is that is unhealthy. That's actually going to cause your body more harm than good. Look so I, it's like you're doing all the things right now to give your body the best, like,
0: nutrition. And I'm very proud of yeah. you because to be able to get on top of something like that, mm. it takes... So, oh, much so much work and like i'm so far from mm. being where you are mm. it's actually like you're all the way up here and i'm still somewhere down there and i still struggle on the daily it's with hard. it it's well. so hard and, and that's the thing i get it so much like i haven't had to i haven't had
1: to deal with those over overwhelming thoughts for such a long time but yeah. um i've you know um i still remember them almost like it was yesterday. If I have to think about how I was and where I was at. And I mean, the, the thing that kind of like for me, I guess like exacerbated a lot of my stuff was that um, when I moved in with George, because I'd up until that point, been on my own and I was able to just do whatever I wanted. Then I moved in with George and suddenly someone was there. And then it made it so much harder for me to, to, to do episodes as well. Um, so I would almost wait until he was off doing something. And then I would go off to the shops after he'd left don't buy myself one time I bought <laughs> oh one time I bought brownies those mini twirls I think I had like crunchy pieces there was something else I got a thing of cream I went home I smooshed all the chocolate together in one thing put it in the oven yep bless you sorry. <laughs> <COVID>. <laughs> put it in the oven like warmed up the chocolate and the brownies and then covered it in cream and ate the entire fucking thing, and I was so unwell. Like I was yeah. so sick, and it was so. This is how bad it can it got for me. Um, that I ate. I ate half of it probably, and that's when I started feeling sick. And I was like, oh, no, nah, I'm going to go and get rid of it. So I went, got rid of it. And then I went back and finished it after I'd already, yeah, I was like, that's how, so I'm not, when I talk about it, like I'm not coming at it from a place of like, oh, I just had a little bit of a problem. Like I had a fucking problem. Yeah. And, um, and that's where I like my concern, I suppose, comes in more so for, yeah, whether we're actually causing our body good or causing our body harm so for me i'd rather eat a macca's breakfast and eat it and not have to think about it than not eat the macca's breakfast eat something else and then be binging later and throwing it up do and you know it's what I mean? better
0: for you mentally as yeah, well like yeah yeah so a lot of people will be helping. like oh my god i
1: can't believe you eat macca's and you're a personal trainer and i'm like honey like i yeah. i do these things because that those are the things that actually kind of keep me
0: uh they keep me sane as well and that's for you it's all about balance it is balance like it is balance you see all those people that have got the perfect body like and i was watching greg set the other day and he did this before and after mm. it was like five seconds mm. oh yeah because he could just yeah and he knew what he was doing so it's and you know what those motherfuckers not so much greg because i know he doesn't but now, these people—they still eat shit, and they probably take clen. Like it's just yeah, like
1: there's so there's so that's yeah. We could go on and on and on about yeah. it, but more so, I think mental health-wise, because this uh, season has focused a lot more on mental health. That's where I've got kind of gone with it. Um, yeah. And it's yeah, still there's still lots of other things to come, um, and I still have lots of interviews coming up with like other taboo topics. But I feel like this season just kind of took a road um, down the mental health. It took the mental health road because of how it started and I started it with the imposter syndrome episode um and I was talking about how I felt like an imposter in my own life and um Mm. I think that that's where it kind of like led from there and then obviously you know went into like talking about suicide and then we've just talked about like eating disorders Mm. um and body dysmorphia and I think like it's just such a it's a thing that I can talk about like so easily but I can do that now because I've been two and a half years in recovery, yeah. whereas I was 18 years, like 18 years, I hated myself. Yeah. like it's And that's why even that photo I put up yesterday on my socials, the pre-photo, it's like, I fucking hated myself. Like you can yeah. see it though as well. And that's why when I say, if you knew me then, you don't know me now, that was 10, that's 10 years ago. Yeah. And even then, you know, that was um, yeah. I just absolutely hated myself. I hated who I was. I would stand in the mirror and just look at my stomach like for ages, and just want a different stomach. And and that was again like that comment that my stepmom made to me. It like just made me always think that yeah, it was mm. just this yeah, just my stomach. And I felt like I felt like um, you know, um, what's his name, Mike Wazowski. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah that's yeah. what i felt
1: like. I, was like I felt like that i felt like i was just like just a ball on legs but i wasn't did you have one eye too yeah i had one eye Aww. yeah I, but that's it's so funny though because yeah. i actually felt like a ball on legs and like looking at even that photo i wasn't a ball on legs i was just so unhappy in myself that like it wouldn't have mattered what i'd looked like i would have
0: hated how i looked regardless whilst we're talking mm. i'm gonna find that picture from you for you i should say sorry oh the skinny one. Oh my god yeah. seriously no idea. um
1: we're getting into our last episode look for that um but keep talking to me as well yeah i'll put i'll put um i can put it on the finger too. we we'll put it on the uh, i'll put it on my
0: if you send it to me i can put it on a story on it's finger. actually mental you won't even believe it's me and yeah. do you know i thought i was fat then mm. i was like i said to my personal trainer at the time i said do you think i can? Do you think that, you know? Mm. I said, and this is when I was chasing scale weight at the that's time. Crazy, because eh? I got down to 59 kilo. Mm, that's so crazy. 59. And just for anyone playing at home, I'm currently sitting at 76.9. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, it's beyond a joke of how freaking tiny I was. Like yeah. I just, it makes no sense as to why I felt like that. I know.
1: It's really, it is just such a mind thing. Hey, like it's so, it's so ingrained in us to be this certain way. And it's like, unless we're anything other than that, we hate ourselves.
0: It's bizarre. And it just makes no sense. Like,
1: wow.
0: Yeah. And I thought I was fat. And I couldn't wear a bikini. This was. That's crazy. Thatcher was probably maybe three or four months. Wow. Look at this. (laughs) Fucking hell. And I thought I was huge. So. That's wild. Yeah. Oh my God. It's actually gone. It's gone. It's gone. Let's wrap it up. (laughs) Thank you so much for coming on, Kim. You are so welcome. Sorry for being so brain fadey. I can barely even get out You can that out barely now. even get words out. We've, <laughs> run out. we've run out of coffee. Thank you for sharing because it owes
1: a lot. And um, I appreciate you coming on and appreciate uh, what we've talked about. And I hope this is helpful to um, anybody out there. And if you are struggling with any of the things that we've talked about, I will put some contact numbers in the description of this podcast. Um, if you need to reach out, uh, if you are struggling with any mental health or eating disorders, please do reach out because You will not know yourself (laughs) um, after being able to share and speak with somebody and release some of that crap that's going on in your head. Um, Thank you for talking about that. We've got so much more that we can talk about, but we will do that on another episode. I'll definitely get you back because we're nearly wrapping up season two and I'll get you back on season three and we can talk about
0: some other things The pain and the anguish. Yes. <laughs> hold yeah, hold yeah. tight, guys. Yeah. She's <laughs> a roller coaster. Um, thank you, and thank you for coming back on as well. Thank um, you very much for having me. And talking about putting things back into the universe, these are my parting words. Don't be a cunt because you never know what someone else is going through. Yes, I agree with you. Um, you just never know. And be kind.
1: Don't be a cunt. Yeah. And we'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.